have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. Are you great and powerful are those ones who have come. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature. Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives. Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel? Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder? Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. with Jason Burmes. And who loves you? And who do you love? Good morning, everybody. I am Jason Burmes. This is Reality Rants. Tell you what, before we get going into a uh, pretty dark show, I think, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> just, I, I wish it was going to be upbeat. I wish it was going to be um, a show where I was uh, focusing on what everybody else is going to be focusing on and has been focusing on now over the weekend. And like the big clips are Bill Maher and Russell Brand and MSNBC and Trump the champion. Those That's the big stuff. Russell Brand did a great job. Um, you know, Trump's speech, a, a lot of talk. Not something we're going to focus on here today. Not something we're going to focus on here today. Instead, um, we're going to go to some more like obscure type stories like Jared Fogle that no one seems to talk about anymore and who really didn't get enough jail time for what he did. And this was the subway spokesperson. Then we're going to talk about entertainment in general and the larger uh, disturbing Hollywood culture, especially with Roman Polanski. And these clips that I'd never seen of Polanski before, um, shout out to uh, the Dalton Report, who uh, posts just, look, it's tough stuff. Doesn't get enough credit. By the way, shout out to uh, the Vigilant Fox out there. Uh, they post some of our stuff sometimes, and they've now broken into the top 100 in most influential accounts on Twitter. And that's a big deal. It is a big deal because we're trying to push the narrative in a truthful direction. Now, uh, like I said, I'm going to start before we get into all that dark stuff, because I'm going to read this entire Daily Mail article because it just shows you how terrible people, unimaginably horrific and terrible people can be. And you can't just pass it off. Well, that's another culture. No, it's our culture. It's our society. It's everywhere. You know, they're, they're there are human beings 
that are anomalous to most of us who are, are vicious predators of the rest of the species on multiple levels. That's it. I, I think that's the best way to describe it. That's why I call them the predator class. You know, I watched a documentary probably now a year and a half, two years ago back, uh, that was pretty good. And they were calling them the parasite class. No, no, these are predators. Make no mistake. They, they may have a parasitic aspect to them, but they are, they are predators and they look at themselves as the apex predator. Putting it out there. So before we get into all that, it's reality rants. And, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to be a huge visual change to the show. Uh, it's probably not. It's still going to be on a green screen. But uh, because I've had all these issues with uh, my my board and the way the audio comes in sometimes, like it's not high enough right now. It's like stretched all the way up. It should be fine. It's not. I could do a reformat of the PC and I could try to do that, but there's just some bumps in the road. It's, it's about two years since I got this last PC. I think it's a Ryzen 30 or Ryzen 7 3700X for all the dorks out there and uh, GTX 1080. Now 1080 used to be top of the line like a decade ago, top of the line, except for the 1080 Ti. And still, you know, a pretty good graphics card allows me very easily right now to stream to four uh, different places. But uh, one of those is actually running off of my CPU, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. So I said, you know what? There's only 32 gigabytes of RAM in this. The graphics card, it seems to be having some hiccups too. If you notice, uh, sometimes my pre-renders, all of a sudden the audio goes out of sync. That shouldn't be happening. You know, I mean, maybe it's a bug in Premiere, whatever. It was time to upgrade. And, and by the way, thank you as my audience. Without you guys financially supporting the broadcast, right? Uh, donating via the links below. Signing up for premium over at redvoicemedia.com slash Jason or redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Helping big time. I wouldn't have been able to do it. But I was sitting there and I and I had, uh, you know, about 2K that I, I thought, you know what, I could spend. It's been two years and let's just upgrade the whole thing. So uh, I, I got a 470 Ti, 4070 Ti. Okay, I got a, uh, I think it's an i7 13700K, 64 gigabytes of RAM. And then um, really the only bells and whistle on it, it's like USB-C ports and whatever. Uh, did that just so I could have a little bit of expansion. Terabyte SSD. That's, you know, boom. So I got all this new stuff. I just uh, painted a green screen in one of the rooms that had kind of been like an office, but not really used. I thought I was going to be using it for something else, um, but I was like, you know, it's time to pull the trigger. I'm going to be in this house for at least the next, you know, eight, nine months. I mean, maybe another year in eight, nine months. Who knows? You never know, but I'm, I'm pretty content here. And it was just time to expand. So did the paint job, ordered the computer. I'm going to have a new monitor set up there. Uh, I have so many of these boards that hopefully the audio combined with Windows 11 and a new processor and a board and 64 gigabytes of RAM and a big GPU is going to make the show that much smoother. I'm not saying we're going to go in 4K. I think the 1080p is enough of Jason Burmis. 
I don't think anybody wants to see me in 4K. Do I mean really? No. How about how about no thank you? Nobody wants to see that. So we're gonna keep going on. Um, all right. That being said, see, I wanted to just start a little lighthearted, a little bit lighthearted. Why not? Right? Two hour show. Thumbs it up, subscribe and share it. No matter where you're watching, if you're rumbling, you know, hit that, hit that rumble button, make a comment below. Love me, hate me, whatever. Talk to the people. Get it out there. Okay. So I read this whole article and, and what stood out to me, first of all, uh, Russell Taylor, who's the stepfather of these two girls who were 11 and 13 when this started. And I want to get into that because 11 and 13 is going to sound like just the, the type of age that Roman Polanski unabashedly likes in his own words. The Polansker guy making movies to this day had no idea. I was looking up, you know, because I, I know he's not allowed in the United States. I know he continually makes movies with big Hollywood actors because the entertainment industry is sick. Okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously, sick. And I had no idea he did a remake of Oliver Twist. Now, I, I don't know. There's something about Oliver Twist as a kid for, for me. Just because I was, I guess I grew up a poor kid. And uh like, you know, I I, I still remember, please, sir, may I have some more? I said, you know what? Things might be bad, Jason. You could be Oliver Twist. Had no idea. So um Russell Taylor, I think 51, okay, gets like 31 years, but Fogel gets like 13. I'm not even sure if, if you know, how much longer Fogel's going to be in jail. These people should be in prison forever for what they've done. As well as the mother of these two girls who was aiding the stepfather in producing CP via hidden cameras of these young girls for Jared. And then on top of that, Russell was trying to make meetings happen with Jared and underage girls that were the friends of his stepdaughters for those kind of encounters. But let's just, let's read what we can. Let's read. I mean, I think we'll re read it down the line. Okay. that And this should let you know, this is how dark people are just to be next to somebody who has a marginal amount of fame that's doing subway commercials. Wow. The sister victims of depraved subway pedo, Jared Fogel, have laid bare the trauma of being abused by their own mother, stepfather, who secretly hid cameras around their home when they were teens to capture inappropriate footage of them to give to Jared. Russell Taylor, who was convicted on 24 counts of producing child abuse images was sentenced to 27. I thought he got 31. My bad. 27 years in prison in 2022. Not enough. Life. Life. After it was revealed that he had helped Jared obtain CP by setting up hidden recording devices throughout his stepdaughters, um, Chris, uh, Christian uh, Showalter and Hannah Perrette's bedrooms and in the bathroom of their childhood home. Now Christian, 24, 
and Hannah, 21, have detailed their horrifying story as part of the upcoming Discovery docuseries called Jared from Subway Catching a Monster, which is set to premiere today. So I guess we're giving a little hype. It's probably This will probably end up uh, all over the media in the next couple of days. I, I, I see this probably going like R. Kelly style, as it should. But I, I think we have to look at the larger context of this. Why aren't these people in prison forever? Just saying. Um, Jared, now 45, originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, was hired as the Sam, uh, sandwiches uh, chain sp spokesperson in 2000 after he credited eating its food with helping him lose more than 200 pounds two years earlier. And that's the person who got 27 years. And there he is with Jared. Yeah, great guys. Nice shots. And um, these are the two, you know, they're now adults, obviously. His stunning transformation quickly captured the nation. And he soon became known as the subway guy, appearing in more than 300 of the eateries commercials, getting interviewed on late night TV shows, and even launching his own foundation in an attempt to battle childhood obesity. But in 2015, after 15 years of working with the company, Jared's squeaky clean image as dedicated health buff and do-gooder was quickly shattered when he was found guilty of possession or distribution of CP and traveling across state lines to have sex with a minor, landing him 15 years in prison. Let me repeat this, and I've said it many times. These people do not stop. That, that, that's a life sentence for that conviction. That's what needs to happen. By the way, not even 50 likes over on YouTube. Let's get it up. But again, because every once in a while, people in power get burned for this, whether it be in the upper echelons of the entertainment industry, like Polanski, which we're going to get into, or in, you know, even government, you know, which has happened in the past. Oopsie. Oopsie, I'm going to go to rehab now. Shouldn't be sexting with those pages. Oopsie, Mr. Foley. Oopsie. Right? Politics, entertainment, religion. Hmm? Jared's crimes were facilitated by the head of his charity. Oh, they always have charities. Isn't that nice of them? They're always such loving, good people. You know, charities give them access to what? Children. Now 51, who had over 400 images, and oh, I'm sorry, those are videos featuring underage boys and girls on his computer when he was first arrested in 2015, most of which contained footage of Christian, Hannah, and their friends. You understand? I mean, th these people are pretty sick. Pretty sick. Now, Russell's stepdaughters, who were age 13 and 11 when Jared first came into their lives, are finally ready to share their harrowing details of what they went through in an attempt to help other victims. In an exclusive sneak peek of the three-part series obtained by USA Today, Hannah recalled the moment that she started to realize that something was wrong. She said that she had a friend who was 15 at the time and that her stepfather became particularly interested in. He insisted... She had to meet Jared and quickly set up a dinner. Afterwards, she said Jared started sending Russell a series of inappropriate messages that showed her and her friend. Russell was a very adamant about Jared meeting her, she recalled in the clip, 
After the dinner, Jared would send Russell text messages. He would make comments about, you know, doing some terrible things. Okay? Sentenced to 15 years. So supposedly out in 2030, but probably before that with good behavior and a little grease in the wheels. Just want to put that out there. She got very uncomfortable very quickly, and she kind of questioned me about it. Why is he saying these things about me? I instantly felt awkward and uncomfortable because it was like in that moment that I started to realize that maybe something isn't right here, you think? In an interview with People, the women uh, branded their stepdad, who was married to their mother, Angela Baldwin, as a monster and a predator. They also spoke further about some of the disgusting messages that Jared would send their stepdad, in which he would comment, uh, sexually on their bodies and looks. Jared would rate us on a scale of who he would want to, you know, do terrible things to more. It's great. I think it was probably one of the most unsettling things that I've seen because my friend was on the top of that list. Some of them had not even hit puberty yet, and he was ranking them whether he wanted to or not. Why, again... Why wouldn't this person just be in jail forever? Like both of them forever. That's what should be happening. I mean, th th this is a long time collusion relationship for the exploitation of children forever. They go to jail. Is that radical to say? I don't think so. Uh, he would want us to watch pornographic material. He would want us to talk about, you know, or that with our partners to our friends, getting us curious about our sexuality. It was a constant thing. He was grooming 100%. Can't say the grooming word anymore. After Russell was arrested following a month-long investigation or months-long investigation by the FBI, the girls learned about the cameras that were placed around their home. During their stepfather's trial, they were also shown text messages sent between him and their mother about wanting to watch them in the shower. We had no idea this was happening, Christian told people, but it was constantly going on and it was traumatizing to have obviously figured that out. Your mother betrayed you. Angela was convicted on two counts of production of sexual abuse material, one count of conspiracy to produce the sexual abuse material, and one count of possession of sexual abuse material and sentenced to 33 years in prison for her involvement. Now, look, that's probably where I got the 31 years and they messed up. Still a life in prison for sure. You could argue, I mean, that's their mother, probably should get more than the other. They should all just go to jail forever. Forever. My God. While speaking to Yahoo, the sisters explained that they felt it was important to share their story with the world in an attempt to inspire others who may have gone through something similar. I mean, that, that again, this is the darkness. You understand? This is the darkness. I want, I want everybody to understand that's the darkness right there. And it's part of a larger culture. So, we're going to move on from that, okay? And uh, by the way, I just want to say, you know, another another person we talked about, politics. 
this guy, this Democratic mayor recently, Mayor Patrick Wojahan, you know, he's just been indicted on a little CP action. There he is with boot liquor. I'm not sure which one that is, but some more boot liquor. That's nice. And of course, Pelosi, the old Peloser. You know, but it's not widespread and it's not rampant. It's not something to be concerned about. So these are all the films that Polanski has directed. Now, it wasn't until the early mid uh, 70s, I think he gets convicted in 77, of uh, basically, I mean, you, the, let's use the R word. I mean, see, you have to be so careful in this first hour because we're on YouTube. And for some reason, you know, you can't like state the obvious. I mean, this guy got convicted in 77. The girl wasn't 14 yet. She was 13 years old. Okay. And he's going to tell you this in his own words. Now, look how many other movies since then. Okay. I mean, just, oh, he did, there's Harrison, Mr. Ford. I like Harrison Ford. Not in love you did the movies. In fact, um, Harrison Ford reads a little speech for, uh, Polanski, the, the director, getting the Oscar. In fact, it might have been, what was it, 2002? Let's see. Let's check. Let's check. To the, for uh, The Pianist. Yes, so in 2003, he gets it for The Pianist here. And uh, there it is, the Oliver Twist thing I didn't know happened. Pierce Bronson, you know, Ewan McGregor. Hollywood's top. They love them. They love them. Wait, you'll see them all cheer for him 20 years ago, still. Yeah, and they should have known better 20 years ago as well. Uh, let's just, let's hear what Mr. Polanski has to say in his own words. Again, credit to the Dalton Report uh, for bringing this video to my attention. Papers and the magazines and the books talk about you and little girls. Right. Is there anything in it? Well, I, I like young women, let's put it this way. I think most of men do actually. So let's let's bring it right back. Okay, little girls is what he asks about. Let's bring it right back. Let's bring it right back here. Okay. Papers and the magazines and the books talk about you and little girls. Right. Is there anything in it? Well, I I like young women. Let's put it this way. I think most of men do actually. Yeah, but the question the question turns on how young, doesn't it? Well, yes. Well, here you come to a to a concrete uh, um, case for which I have been <clears throat> uh, behind the bars, and that's what you want to talk about. It. I'm glad you left it for 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 coffee, you know, for the coffee. Uh, but uh, what exactly would you like me to tell you? What would you like me to tell you? Because I'm about to be very open and very honest about what the monster I am, and I do not care. I will make more movies. I will get Oscars. Um, I, w I want you to know what happened that night. But you want the 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 the, the, the nitty gritty? There, no, I don't want the nitty gritty. I don't want the nitty gritty. That was the last thing I wanted. It want. wasn't night. It was an afternoon. Oh. It was. Uh, um, I was about to make um, um, a series of photographs of uh, young girls. So let's start here. 
I'm going to make a series of photographs of young girls, very unapologetic. In the middle of the afternoon is the occurrence of, you know, the sexual assault of, again, what he'll tell you is a 13-year-old girl who he knew was 13. Of that age for um, um, a, a French magazine called, called Vogue Homme. And uh, I found it quite an interesting um, enterprise because I like the girls of this age and uh, because the girls of that age, for some reason, like me. So he likes girls of that age and they like him. So I want everybody to think about this. You know, yesterday was Sunday. Um, my niece about turned 14. She came by to do uh, the laundry really quick. Quick back and forth. I don't want a 20-something or 30-something creepy dude who's doing a photo shoot with young girls. Oh, they like you? No, oh, really, they like you. Somebody with possessions and power over them. I mean, this guy's a really sick person. So let, let's bring it back. We're going to bring it back because I have to. Okay. Again, just listen. This is a, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, he's very candid about the monster he is. He's never been to jail for this. Make um, um, a series of photographs of uh, young girls of that age for um, um, a French magazine called, called Vogue Homme. And uh, I found it quite an interesting um, enterprise because I like the girls of this age and uh, because the girls of that age, for some reason, like me. Can't help but smile when he says it. And just it went a little bit too far. One of those uh, on, on, on the session with this girl. So I'm taking photographs and it just went a little too far. And um, uh, it happened one afternoon when I was, uh, after I photographed her. Um, the next day or two. Okay, so here, uh, here comes where he tries to basically say that everybody in California is guilty of this if they had a sexual experience before they were 18. Look, this isn't the 19-year-old with a 17-year-old, right? This isn't even the 20 year old with a 17 year old that maybe, you know, they, they started dating when he was a senior and she was a sophomore. And no, it's not what we're talking about here. It's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about a creepy dude with a bunch of power telling you he likes young girls and photographing them. And then things got a little too far as he smirkles about it. Public. He may have not had the same problems. Most of people in the state of California are guilty of the similar crime since the age of consent in that state is 18. And it's very difficult to find someone who did not have a sexual experience uh, uh, before reaching this age. So uh, that means that uh, there are a lot of law bro uh, breakers. Uh, well, with me, it was a bit more extreme, of course, because the girl was... Uh, two weeks short of 14. 
two weeks short of 14, just openly admits it, doesn't care. But if you have seen her uh, sitting here next to me, you wouldn't be particularly shocked by it. As a matter of fact, you would find it completely normal. But I'd be particularly concerned to find out how old she was. And you yeah, yeah. See, I mean, are you watching this? This is the guy they're going to give a standing ovation to. This guy, Holly Weird, loved 20 years ago. You wonder why we got here. You wonder why we got here. Because guys like this have skated the system and not only skated it, been celebrated for it. As you as she's sitting right here, it wouldn't be an issue. Really, Roman? Really? You actually did know. You actually did yeah, know. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I knew she was fourteen because she was talking about her birthday before that. She was talking about her birthday. I knew she was four. She wasn't fourteen yet. Let's bring it back. I mean, I, 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 this is how a, a sociopath, a predator, speaks. Okay, when they're feeling extremely candid. All right. She'll experience uh, uh, before reaching this age. So uh, that means that uh, there are a lot of low bro uh, breakers. Uh, well, with me, it was a bit more extreme, of course, because the girl was uh, two weeks short of 14. But if you have seen her uh, sitting here next to me, you wouldn't be particularly shocked by it. As a matter of fact, you would find it completely normal. But I'd be particularly concerned to find out how old she was. And you actually did know. You actually did yeah, know. Yeah, I knew, I knew. I knew she was 14 because she was talking about her birthday before that. Doesn't the age of consent mean precisely that, that under a certain age, whatever age it may be, it doesn't matter if the girl says yes or not or wants to or not, that you're supposed not to because it's... Yes, a... I know. I know. In that particular state, that's a, again no, but... a question of... You know, <clears throat> everywhere in the West has got some sort of age. No, but you see, if you, you think of the United States, there are the states when the age of consent is 12 in the United States. So you see, and there are other countries where, you know, it varies from country to uh, country to country. Yes, indeed. You know, that's uh, well, it's very easy to say it now when you should have thought about it before. But if you find yourself with a girl in a certain situation, you don't exactly think of it. Here again, I. 12 is what he said. 12. Now, look, there, there have been some terrible laws in this country. Um, we fixed most of those, the age of consent laws. And for a good reason, because those are children. Okay? They're children. So I, I'm going to remind everybody before I play this clip again. That happened in the, in the Chinatown tenant test era. That little interview and the incident. That little error right there. He's gone on, okay? He's gone on to make 13 more movies with A-list celebrities, okay? We're not going to watch any of the terrible trailers, but he's celebrated by these people, okay? And here's Harrison Ford. In 2003, as from the very beginning, when all the arts and sciences of motion pictures bring movies to life, it is the director who gives them their pulse. And here are the nominees for the 75th Achievement in Directing. For Chicago, Rob Marshall. 
For Gangs of New York, Martin Scorsese. You know, I haven't seen Gangs of New York. I didn't realize this beat that out. I was actually talking about watching that because Scorsese does do amazing work. And I was thinking to myself, Daniel Day Lewis is like the last great actor of a generation. He's not really a celebrity. You never hear about Daniel Day Lewis hitting the town. He doesn't do, you know, um, Holly weird st- type stuff. He's a real actor. Man, sorry, Scorsese. You lost you lost you lost this guy, huh? For the hours, Stephen Daldry. For the pianist, Roman Polanski. For talk to her, Pedro Almodovar. And the Oscar goes to Roman Polanski. The you should also be ashamed, Martin Scorsese. Oh, there's a nice. He's happy. Oh, yeah, Hollywood. Woo! Number one. Well, let's stand up for him. Oh, yeah, that's right, Chinatown, right? Oh, you worked with the major and Brody. Yeah, you did. That was, that was the movie. Right? The Academy. Congratulates Roman Polanski and accepts his award on his behalf. Yeah, I'll bet the Academy does. Shame on you too, Harrison. Shame on you. Listen to that monster. No thanks. All right. I want to move on to some other stories. Again, I, I hate having to, to start that way. Um, but, you know. I just thought that those two things were really important. We got a lot of other stuff to hit. We got a lot of stuff that we're going to hit on the other side um, with the, like the operation uh, fear and the deploy, the new variant news uh, that we're definitely going to go over. We've got some other videos we're going to play on this end. Uh, however, I just want to remind everybody still nothing on the uh, unsealed documents that we've been waiting for on the Epstein case. I know they could be, uh, the Epstein files could be unlocked any day now, any day now. So uh, going down the line, uh, my man Doom posted this because it's Elon Musk. Okay, this is really him. Yes, this is transhumanism bullshit. By the way, shout out to uh, Scott, who's in the audience over there. And of course, uh, Another great monitor, Mr. Gritch. Thank you guys for all the support. Uh, couldn't do it without you guys. Something should be done. And it's like some weird meme. Daddy, what did you do? And it says, in the singularity. Okay? So it's it's the metaverse. It's the virtual verse. It's transhumanism 101. It's like, I'm glad I'm dating Grimes that kind of looks like the blue elf thing. And like black cloaked children. And and. Like this, this the hip cool guy. This is the kind of stuff he tweets out because it's hip cool. Yeah. Okay. Sure it is. Sure it is. Um, transgender minors in Mississippi can no longer receive gender affirming uh, care in the states uh, after its Republican governor signed a bill that prohibits healthcare professionals from pro, uh, providing both hormone treatments and surgical procedures. Keyword minors. Correct. Correct. And, you know, before I play some other videos, I, I've got I've got to just read this for people. 
all right? Because the more things change, the more they seem to stay the same. Now, I, I became aware of this from Unzip Genes by Martin Rothbratt that advocates for a new form of eugenics called transgenics. And, uh, you know, a lot of genome mapping, you know, I'm not going to go too hardcore on it right now. Just, just going to say that. I'm going to wait a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to hold back. Okay. I'm going to hold back, not go so hardcore on it, but it talks about the forced sterilization of the feeble minded. Okay. Through the V word that we're not going to use. It's almost like a vacation, right? Similar word, I guess, but, but by quoting it a hundred years ago, the Supreme Court was was just happily talking about, hey, we're going to do this to who we deem dumb, the feeble-minded, because we can. Okay? The most famous case of forced sterilization, okay, was the 1927 Supreme Court case of Buck versus Bell. But I want to I want to point out if you if you see this right here. Okay? In North Carolina, they forced sterilized people as, publicly, as far as we know, until 1974. Okay? But in 1927, there was a Supreme Court case. Carrie Buck, a feeble-minded woman from Virginia, who was deemed the probable potential parent of socially inadequate offspring, challenged the state's attempt to forcibly sterilize her in an opinion that even his colleagues called brutal justice Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. Uh, curtly did away with Buck's pleas ramming home his decision with one of the most heartless and ignominious lines in all of Supreme Court history are you ready for this that's what a Supreme Court justice said we have seen more than once the public welfare may call upon the best citizens for their lives. It would be strange if it could call upon those who already sap the strength of the state for these lesser sacrifices, often not felt by such uh, by those concerned in order to prevent our, our being swamped with incompetence. It is better all the world if instead of waiting to execute degenerate offspring for crime or let them starve for their imbecility society can prevent those who are manifestly unfit for continuing their kind the principle that sustains compulsory v word is broad enough to cover cutting the fallopian tubes. Three generations of imbeciles are enough. He wasn't the only one. You know, Justice Holmes, his original draft is very, very, uh, you know, contained even worse language than that. Okay, so you, you just check out Buck versus Bell. So this is Cato Institute, too. I mean, if anybody wants to look it up, real case. Yes, a hundred years ago, they were using the terminology that's now just the, the most safe and effective, best thing ever. 
for getting rid of the feeble-minded, the old sterilization train. Probably shouldn't talk about those things, huh? So I came across this clip of uh, Philip K. Dick talking about um, Operation Chaos, okay? And that's, you know, that's when they came in big time. They said, screw it on its face. When we're done hiding in the shadows, we're going to get in there and the American public, they'd always kind of been there, but expand their operations. This is on, you know, the uh, heels of things like Cointelpro. Uh, very interesting stuff. So Philip K. Dick in this video clip talks about, and I mean, it's pretty wild stuff, talks about the CIA and the FBI watching him. Now, there's only this FBI file uh, that's out there. Whether Philip K. Dick got more files than just this, which he very well may have, I don't know what his FOIA that he's talking about, um, remains to be seen. Has never been proven. But with that being said, I do want to play this uh, clip of Dick talking about it. And for those that don't know who Philip K. Dick is, this is a guy that was well beyond uh, his time in terms of transhumanism and even what modern science would eventually start claiming is the nature of reality. Okay. Like he's, he's simulation theory before really most, if anybody, and I disagree with simulation theory heavily, but it's certainly being adopted more and more. So uh, here's a clip of uh, Dick. On March of 74, is the CIA's Operation Chaos, which was to harass, disrupt, and keep surveillance on American dissidents, was officially abandoned. So the kind of paranoia which Michael DeMuth noted, which was real, was based on the fact that uh, we were harassed. We were uh, under surveillance. We really were. There was no doubt about it whatsoever. I've seen my CIA file. I've seen my FBI file. Under the American Freedom of Information Act, I was uh, legally allowed to see both files. The CIA opened my mail. The FBI had a file on me. I've seen both. Uh, I no longer have this sense of the police activity. Uh, it depends a little on what you mean by paranoia. If you mean a psychotic conviction that you're being persecuted, which is not in accord with reality. I don't think I had that, but boy, I sure thought the cops were watching everything I did. And I was correct. I was tipped off by the criminal underground that my house was being watched. The license plate numbers of every car that stopped in front of my house was taken. And uh, these were not part of my imagination. These were actual events. Anyone who visited me the license plate number was written down by the people next door. Uh, and I was told that the house was being washed and that eventually my house would be hit, my files would be opened, my papers would be taken, and so it came to pass. Uh, as I said in the Rolling Stone article on me, when I came home and found my house consisting of nothing but rubble, ruins, chaos, broken windows, smashed doorknobs, blown open files, I said, thank God. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I have real enemies. It's a tremendous relief to discover that somebody really is after me. So, Philip K. Dick, interesting clip, Operation Chaos. Something I'm going to look into a little bit more. Maybe we'll do a whole entire show on. 
I thought that uh, that was a clip definitely uh, worth showing and talking about. I got to be real careful about um, the other stuff that I show you here. But going back um, to forced sterilization and combining it with modern day science fiction authors, Arthur C. Clarke, for those that do not know, um, collaborated with Stanley Kubrick to write a concurrent novel for 2001, A Space Odyssey. And then later, I believe it's 2010 or something like that, that he writes afterwards, which they do uh, a follow-up. But the book and the movie, it's not like the movie was based on the book. They, they all worked together. And yes, they worked with NASA. Just want to point that out. So Arthur C. Clarke um, wrote this book in 1986. Okay, this is July 20th, 2019. And he, he talks about by then, which is, again, only four years ago, uh, a society where you have normalized weird sexual behavior. And you, sorry, you just can't convince me that we're not there. Okay. By the way, let's get the thumbs up. By the way, let's get some subscribers. Our subscribers have been so stagnant on YouTube and Rumble. Share the videos. Tell people to hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification. Make sure we're there. We do videos outside of just Monday through Thursday, uh, 8 a.m. Eastern. Just want to point that out. So let's read it. Let's take a look what, what he says. Uh, married white female 40 seeks well-endowed SWM, single white male, 18 to 28 for three-month intimate uh, companionship. My husband's hormone treatments, he's six months pregnant, have uh, put out of uh, commission, put him out of commission temporarily. You'll take care of me. I'll take care of you. Electrostimulation, okay, as is drug-enhanced orgasm. But I prefer a partner with original equipment um, rather than an implant. Send photo and vacation certificate to box 2238. Okay, that's a personal ad for the Village Voice in uh, July 20th of 2019. Wasn't far off, was he? Especially in that era, the, the Village Voice, New York City, things like other than the certificate stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty, pretty, pretty close. <laughs> pretty pretty close. All right. Uh, we're running through this first hour so quick that uh, I do want to play a couple more videos. But before I do, I want to encourage everybody to support redvoicemedia.com by not only going to slash Jason or slash uncensored, uh, uncensored, spending the 10 bucks a month, going premium. And remember, you can listen to the premium for free right away, right away over at Podbean. We'll be streaming this at Podbean right away. So everybody can check that out. But another way to do it is by supporting Spending Switch. Are you sick and tired of hearing companies you purchase from constantly pushing their woke politics on you? Stop spending money with companies that hate you. Make the Spending Switch. Spending Switch only works with based companies who love America. We are adding new vendors often, and our vendors will never allow your hard-earned money to be spent against your way of life. 
Check us out for the best in survival food, preparedness, heirloom seeds, apparel, coffee, and much more. Go to SpendingSwitch.com. Again, that's SpendingSwitch.com. SpendingSwitch.com. Check it out. Okay. So, we're not doing the Trump speech, like I said. We're not doing the Russell Brand stuff. Uh, we're not doing much at CPAC, even though, oh, Michael Pompeo took a swipe at Trump. Oh, he, he increased the national debt. What was it, by seven or eight trillion? All that happened under the COVID-1984 nightmare. Like the vast majority of it that you facilitated, Mike Pompeo. We lied, we cheated, we stole. And Mike Pompeo was like the worst of the worst because he was also alluding like somehow Trump was going to stay in office after the 2020 election. He's like he, he, literally talking about that stuff, playing into it. Pompeo gave a speech at Bilderberg in a castle, okay, with Kush Kush, Jared Kushner, back in 2020 after he took a boat there with a bunch of other predator class members. No, thank you. No, thank you. So the clip we are going to play of uh, CPAC is this one. I don't know who Jerry Daniels is, uh, but whatever panel this was, I think Robert Malone appears to be on the panel. Uh, Jerry Daniels nails it, knocks it out of the park. When I first started doing my research, um, I thought the same thing. I thought that uh, this was about an election. Uh, or it was about money. Uh, and the, the deeper uh, I got into the topic, I realized that in my personal opinion, uh, that that's really not the case. Uh, for any of you that haven't done it, just print out Agenda 21 on two pages. And uh, it's that thick. 1992, uh, these people were dead serious about, about it. And they have a timeline that they're, that they're trying to hit. Agenda 2030 is smaller, but it's a it's an addendum to it. So, so I think it's a little uh, a, a little deeper than that, a little more nefarious than that. Uh, I think it's probably the most uh, well planned psyop in the history of the universe. Um, and I think that, um, I, I and I'll also say I, I don't think that uh, uh, the average politician in Washington is aware. I don't think so either. I think the average politician in Washington is a puppet, is vapid, has a low level, okay, of comprehension of the bigger picture. In many cases, is just a generational, nepotistic, entitled lawyer. Like that's the old school class. And now they're just bringing people up. They're bringing bartenders in, like Sandy. Old Sandy Cortez always got something to say. Like, what a joke that is, that that person is supposed to be a representative of either my generation or the generation before it. It's a bad joke. It's a bad joke. And meanwhile, in this post-truth world, right, and uh, I, I've got this uh, Metal Gear Solid thing that I'm probably going to play in the second hour as well. Uh, I had somebody give a big, uh, like, $100 super chat over at Rockfin, and they gave me a clip that was actually AI-generated, but I went to the original clip of the ending of Metal Gear Solid 2 talking about AI 
and information distribution. And it, it's it's pretty interesting. Okay, I, I never played that series. It makes me want to play that series, especially because I actually do have those video games. That's right. I've got them. It's true, folks. All right. Um, this is journalist Mike, uh, I'm sorry, Mark Davis, telling it like it is about Assange. Okay. And again, in the post-truth world, they don't want WikiLeaks. They don't want Assange. They don't want actual data dumps like are happening now via the UK and their operation fear that we're going to end up talking about on the other side. Okay. Just want to put that out there. I'm not giving a speech, but I will pick up on something that uh, uh, Mary just said, which is the issue of the redactions. There's probably not a single topic uh, regarding Julian that makes my blood boil than that endlessly recycled lie that he didn't redact. So in other words, you know, one of the excuses, um, one of the lies surrounding the fact that Julian Assange is like an enemy agent is that he's put us, uh, when I say us, I mean United States soldiers by name at harm. No, he actually redacted all those names, did his due diligence more than I think that he should have, in my opinion. I, I understand uh, Julian is not everyone's cup of tea. Um, he was my cup of tea, but I understand he wasn't everyone's. Uh, so I'd, I really wear loads of criticism about Julian. But I, I cannot tolerate that he didn't redact. Uh, I was with him uh, for the, the month, uh, travelling with him and, and living with him effectively, for the month before that release, which was the first big release. And I was there intensely in the three days before. And I can say emphatically, I, I, I won't elaborate uh, on this uh, platform, but please accept my word and, and I, can, uh, I can elaborate in any other forum, that emphatically, Julian Assange removed 10,000 names, no small task, 10,000 names from those logs uh, of people who had potential harm, and he did it around the clock for three days with no assistance. There was no journalist there. There was no organisation there, no media corporation, no, no uh, digital team. It was Julian Assange. And yet to hear that continually peddled is uh, uh, frustrating to say the least. So I, can, I might ask you uh, this one favour. If you ever hear anyone say that, pull them up immediately because it has done incalculable damage to Julian. It's been used by other journalists to sneer at him and, and, and somehow distinguish what they do from what he does. It's damaged him in the public and effectively it was used by the prosecution. It's it, The Americans used it as the distinguishing feature of Julian Assange to the others. So please pull it up uh, immediately. Uh, uh, tell them I said so. Uh, tell them I'll come and get them if they say it again. Uh, and that I was there and there was very few people there. So, I mean, again, talking about how he was a real journalist, he did his due diligence. He, you know, he, he did what all those journalists out there pretend to do. He exposed corruption at the highest levels via their own words. That's what he did. All right, we got about five minutes and you're gonna wanna come over. Now you're, well, just come over and listen. Otherwise, support the broadcast, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. Um, we've got a clip from 2003 
where uh, Congressman Dan Burton, we're going back in time a lot here today, uh, grills an FDA representative about uh, mercury. We'll just say mercury and vacations. Mercury and vacations. Uh, we got that one clip of the AI that I want to go over. It's a really long clip, so that might end up being a real big breakdown. And then we have another viral clip um, that's out there talking about disinformation and information. But, but this is the future. This is not a parody. This is a real thing. And this reminded me of watching Upload on Amazon which I think gets a lot of the transhumanist nightmare they want to take us into, right? Where virtually you're having um, sexual relations with somebody in the real world while you're in the virtual world by being in this weird virtual suit. And here it is. The virtual this gadget kiss. lets you kiss your partner remotely. All you need is to connect it to your smartphone, launch the app, and choose with whom you'd like to share lip action. The sensor then detects pressure and transmits it to another device. I want to stop it there. I'm probably going to get a copyright strike for the let's get physical. Hopefully not. But uh, I mean, just wow. Awful. Terrible. I, I, you want it to be a joke. You really want it to be a joke. It's not a joke. It's the real deal. <laughs> it's the absolute 100% real deal in the post-truth world right there. That, yeah, you're going to be able to virtually kiss your partner. With your cell phone. <laughs> Thumbs it up. Subscribe. Share. Okay, we're going to have Hancock, Operation Fear. I guess I guess I could show you some of the headlines, right? We can show you the Woody, well, the Woody Harrelson headlines, whatever. But the Matt Hancock, uh, Project Fear is going to be a big one. Oh, really? There was politics during the COVID-1984 nightmare. I can't believe it. How about that? Just, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. And by the way, these are their own internal emails. Remember when they got rid of him because they acted like it was like a mistress thing? No, the, the thing is that the media had a bunch of this stuff and they sat on it for a long time. Supposedly, the Tuckins is finally going to come out with what he found in all the footage that we were still not allowed as the public. And I, I just hope, again, we get full dumps. We want full dumps. I want full Twitter file dumps. I want full January 6th dumps. I get enough Joey B, Zombie J, Biden dumps in his pants every time he talks. That I got to pretend that that guy's running anything. I want real dumps. I want data dumps. That's just me. Oh, before we go to the other side, I do want to remind the broadcast uh, folks out there, I'm a documentary filmmaker. Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, and New World Order to Find and Shade the Motion Picture are all free right here, right now, no matter what platform you're watching them on. And they're important. Invisible Empire and New World Order to Find is important. Shade the Motion Picture is important. If you don't understand 9-11 yet, Loose change of, and fabled enemies can't be beat. They're important. So one at a time, we're going to see you over on the flip side via the uh, the premium, hopefully, or over at the Podbean, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash Uncensored. Please support the broadcast if you can. Rockfin, I love you. We'll see you later.
YouTube, Arrivederci. Uh, Twitter, goodbye. And Rumble, it's been real. We'll wait for our text message, as we always do. As soon as we are uh, texting, we will be streaming everywhere. And I will be going with uh, the next video. And the next video is um, really why when I started looking into a lot of these shots, whether before the COVID-1984 shot, I realized I was never, ever, 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 ever going to inject myself ever again with anything, anything produced by big pharma or the government. Just wasn't going to happen. was never going to inject myself with any of those things. And one of those reasons is because I found out that the preservatives in the vast majority of all of these shots, no matter what you think about them, could cause autism because they had mercury in them. And I had very specific memories of being a child, and especially when learning about temperatures and thermometers, being told to stay away from mercury because it was poisonous and certainly not injected in any way, shape, or form into my body. Now, prior to that, I thought people that were discussing this type of thing were lunatics. But let's let's see what Dan Burton had to say to the FDA over 20 years ago. And before I make my opening statement, I want you to see what happens to a child who becomes autistic. And I want you to bear in mind why I feel while I feel why I feel so strongly about this because my grandson was a normal child and 2 days after he got 9 shots in one day, several of which contained thimerosal mercury, 40 sometimes the amount that was tolerable in adult. He started acting exactly like this child. And this is what parents are going through all across this country and they have no recourse. The vaccine injury, wait one second. The vaccine injury compensation fund has a three-year statute of limitations. If they don't know within that three-year period that their child may have been affected by these vaccines, they're out of luck. And they have no place to go but the courts. And the language that my colleagues talked about that was put in the Homeland Security bill blocks them from ever getting restitution. And those people, some are selling their homes, they're spending their life savings, working day and night trying to take care of their kids, and it's just wrong. Think about what he's telling you right here. He's telling you straight up that not only has this been going on, and obviously it's a protection racket, but the Department of Homeland Security, you know, the ones that were keeping us safe from Al-Qaeda and those those. Those bastard terrorists. If you don't like it, just get out. We know how much Homeland Security loves you now that you're the domestic terrorist. Warned you. Warned you. Even then, they were protecting the people that were injecting your children with hate and lies. And our government has to fess up to this. And if 
the pharmaceutical companies are responsible, then some way they have to aid in the compensation of these people, either through additional monies going into the victim's vaccine injury compensation fund or some other way. And the, the vaccine injury compensation fund needs to be revisited very soon so that these people have access to it. To leave them high and dry is criminal in my, my opinion. Now I want you to see what these parents are going through with these kids. And in, in the last three years, this has only increased. Think about how much worse it's gotten in the last 20 years. Where is it going to go? Where's it going to go? Yeah. And these people don't even want to watch it. It's hard to watch. And in some way, shape, or form, it's touched almost every one of our lives. Especially within our families. Certainly in our neighborhoods and communities. It's undeniable. It's hard to watch, but we're going to watch it. Are there still vaccines in doctor's offices right now today that contain thimerosal that are be giving, being given to children? I don't believe so. No, as I mentioned, uh, all vaccines for the, the routine recommended childhood immunization series um, started 2001, um, have been manufactured either thimerosal-free or with markedly reduced amounts of thimerosal. Now, that's just the vaccines that are in the routinely recommended childhood immunization schedule. So again, she just admits right there that no, we, we still keep it in there. We say it's just reduced. And then it's not some of the other ones that we're also pushing doctors and giving them bonuses to inject your children with. Um, as I had mentioned, influenza vaccines, which are not part of that routinely recommended schedule, but were um, encouraged to be administered by the ACIP, um, although they're not yet part of the routine schedule, those are now available in a thimerosal trace formulation for both of Evans uh, vaccines and Aventus Pasteur vaccines. As I mentioned, you know, Wyeth announced its intentions not to manufacture an influenza vaccine after this year, but the other two do offer this trace thimerosal presentation. But, it's However, still, but they still have thimerosal yes, in them. Yes, they still also have multi-dose vials that do contain Why don't they go to single-dose vials? Um, I know that they are considering the feasibility of... Why don't you tell them to do that? Um, we, we consider these vaccines, which also contain thimerosals, a preservative to be safe and effective. However, we do consider that it's important to have... Like that? We consider them safe and effective. 2000, two, this is actually December 2002. Okay. Of vaccines. Did, did you hear any of the testimony earlier from those people that were testifying, those scientists and doctors? Yes, I did. Did you see the, the study from Canada there that showed the damage it's done when a very minute amount of mercury is given, put in proximity to brain cells? I think it's hard to extrapolate that data to what actually happens in the clinical situation. Well, you know, every study that's been done, doctor, that you guys have put forth as uh, uh, showing that there's no correlation between thimerosal and autism. 
doesn't say categorically that thimerosal doesn't cause autism. They never say that. Can you tell me right now, categorically, without any doubt whatsoever, that mercury in vaccines does not cause autism? I think what I'd have to say is what the Institute of Medicine concluded is that the body of evidence neither allows no, you I don't, to I want you to give me a reject I want you to give me a yes or no. Can you tell I, me? Can you say right now, just flat out, just say, can you tell me without any doubt whatsoever that the mercury in vaccines does not cause neurological problems or autism? We can neither accept nor reject a causal relationship. So what you're saying is you cannot tell me that. You cannot say categorically, can we you? We don't know one way or the other. But so why are you keeping something in there if you don't know one way or the other? When you know that there's an epidemic of autism. If there's an epidemic of something, why do you keep it in there when you're not sure? Because every study I've seen flatly says you're not sure. You say there's, you, you can't say yay or nay. I think you have to consider the benefit that vaccines confer, and there's a definite benefit from influenza vaccine, and having an adequate supply of vaccine is very important. Okay, well, let me follow up on that. By the way, there's no benefit for their influenza vaccine. There never was. That's all bullshit, too. Sorry. Sorry if people don't want to hear that. It's one of the reasons I didn't want to play the Bill Maher clip, uh, because there's a point where Bill Maher, as uh, you know, Russell Brand is just handling this MSNBC stooge. It's embarrassing, you know. And I, I, I get a little wishy-washy when Brand keeps putting his hands on him and like da, 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 they, they shouldn't have touched him so much. I think it lo it loses a, a little bit of the uh, appeal of it. That's just me. I understand I wasn't the one in that situation. So, case sera sera. But, but at one point you had Mar actually say that some people needed the vaccine. None of them were vaccines and nobody needed them. They were Department of Defense driven bioweapons. Department of Defense driven bioweapons in association with privatized companies that joined their strategic mRNA collaboration via DARPA, BARDA, AstraZeneca, Merck, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Institute Pasteur, which was just mentioned there. That's the reality. We show you that evidence because it's real. I, I have never said that lightly. I was thinking again about all the interviews I did when people would try to say, well, those susceptible to this or in this age, no. It was always no. You understand? It was always, always no. There was never a point where anybody should have taken it, period. It's a, always, look at these people. Single shot vials, does that need the Mersal? No, they don't. But well, then why of, don't why don't we have single shot? There are vials? a lot of manufacturing issues associated with switching over. You need much more filling capacity for the lines. Uh, you need a lot more other kinds of things that need to be introduced. So although it can be done, and both Evans and Aventus Pasteur have started to introduce that, mm -hmm. it is not something that at present they have the capacity to do well, in let entirety. Me, let me ask you this: Do these pharmaceutical companies that produce these vaccines have? had in the past the ability to produce and have they produced single shot vials? 
Yes, they do, because that's how Evans and Aventus Pasteur is doing it right well, now. How about, way- all, how about all of the pharmaceutical companies? Do all the pharmaceutical companies pretty much have the ability to produce single-shot vials? You know, I couldn't speak to that categorically. I don't know, but I do know certainly in the case of Aventus Pasteur and Evans that they do okay. have the ability because they are, are doing okay. that. Then, then why hasn't the FDA, to be on the safe side, knowing that we're having one in over 250 and in some cases one in 150 children becoming autistic, well, let's see right now what the number is 20 years later. Okay, so he's talking about one in 150 or so. Number of children autistic. Okay. Okay, you ready? Are you ready for this? Okay. Well, what's the numbers here? Okay. So... It's saying 21. Oh, I don't want race. One in 44. One in 44. One in 44. One in 44, 20 years later. You think they regulated that thimerosal? One in 44. That's a scary number, man. My God, that's a scary number. I don't like that one bit. One bit. And there's a growing body of evidence that thimerosal and mercury is causing that. Why wouldn't you go down the cautious road instead of coming up with these additional studies that say, well, we're not sure. We can't say yay or nay. Why not go to single shot vials? Because we believe that the multi-dose vials continue to be safe and effective and that they speak to having enough supply of influenza vaccine, which serves a very important well, public let health Let me just end up by effort. saying this. You know, I, I, I'm a student. I Safe and effective, public health, collective good. This is the CDC's own number. My man Todd, who does the River City Reader, uh, texted me 1 in 80. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Wish it was 1 in 80. Wish it was 1. I mean, this is literally, I mean, 1 in 44. According to the CDC themselves. That's just, I mean, wild. Wild. Those are wild numbers. Let's let's let Burton finish up. Study for the at the Cincinnati Bible Seminary, and, and 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 I don't like to quote scripture very often, but there's none so blind as those that will not see. You just sit there and you keep saying over and over and over again that you think that there's not a, a real danger for having this. Uh, mercury in these vaccines. There's been 1,500 plus articles written saying that there is a problem. We've got scientists from all over the world coming in here. You saw a demonstration from a Canadian tape showing the impact of a minute amount of mercury in 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 brain cells, and yet you kill, continue to say, "Well, we don't think that a very small amount of mercury." In, but you don't know because there's no study that you put out that I've seen, not one, that says categorically that mercury in vaccines does not cause neurological problems. You can't tell me that today. You've hedged all over that issue. And you guys just continue to keep coming up here and making excuses. And I don't understand why. I do. Because it's really the agenda to have a sick, docile, subservient populace that you plan on experimenting on, exterminating, and pushing into a transhumanist future in which we don't need most of them. Unfortunately, you know, again, Jerry Daniels, he got it at CPAC. 
Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. It's the real deal. It's real deal Holyfield. All right. And to kind of reiterate that, here we are 20 plus years later. And this, this clip is making the rounds. It's about our most viral clip we're playing today. And uh, he'll tell you who the uh, purveyor of the disinformation is, the misinformation, Operation Fear. I mean, you can't make this shit up. Project Fear. When are we going to deploy the new COVID variant? And all they meant was hype up the nonsense. All right, to scare people down, talking about locking down children, who's vital, ramping up the messaging, locking people down for their third national lockdown. These people are sick. Project Fear. Misinformation. The greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government misinformation that COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity, that masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Cochrane is the most authoritative evidence body in all of medicine and has been for decades. Do you just ignore it, not talk about it? That myocarditis was more common after the infection than the vaccine, not true. It's four to 28 times more common after the the vaccine that young people benefit from a booster misinformation our two top experts on vaccines quit the fda in protest over this particular issue pushing boosters in young healthy people the data was never there that's why the cdc never disclosed hospitalization rates among boosted americans under age 50. The vaccine mandates would increase vaccination rates. The George uh, Mason University study shows it didn't. It did one thing. It created never vaxxers who are now not getting the childhood vaccines they need to get. Don't need to get. Sorry. I get what point you're trying to make there, buddy. But none of these were vaccines in the first place. They're mRNA hate and lies. Okay. And as I just showed you, why would I trust any of you using the same lines 20 years ago when we're talking about brain-damaging children? Hmm? I mean, sorry, no chance. Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is the weaponization of medical research itself. The C CDC putting out their own shoddy studies, like their own study on natural immunity, looking at one state for two months, when they had data for years on all 50 states. Why did they only report that one sliver of data? Why did they salami slice the giant database? Because it gave them the result they wanted. Same with masking study. Well, the data has now caught up in giant systematic reviews and the public health officials were intellectually dishonest. They lied to the American people. You're damn right they lied. And they knew they lied and it was premeditated and they deserved to go to prison. I'd, lo I'd love to see accountability. I see so many people, especially with the Project Fear stuff, talking about Nuremberg 2.0. Don't, don't kid yourselves, everybody. I mean, listen, 
they should be burning as many of these low-level guys as they possibly can. They're pushing forward with all their agenda. Yeah, yeah. I know that uh, Dowd is out there, and he's had some really good information. Uh, for those that don't know who Dowd is, Dowd is um, the actuator, I believe, that was coming out and saying from very, very beginning of, of the rollout of these hate and lie shots, how there had been a massive increase in death. Okay, and now he's talking to people, and he believes that there is going to be some kind of a shift to the died suddenly narrative. And they're going to try to either blame it on uh, long COVID or allegedly climate change. I mean, climate change, I mean, at this point, everything's so damn over the top. And we know that we have the global health for peace and peace for health mantra. Might as well be safe and effective, whatever, that I could see them actually doing it. But that's just such a farce. Uh, I mean, but then we're, we're hey, we're in the post-truth world. What, what are What is truth? What is lies at this point, right? And that's where we're going to get into when we play um, this rather long clip, which is the ending of Metal Gear Solid 2. So I have this game. Now I'm tempted to play it. I have not played it yet. Okay. And by the way, um, Tim Robbins, props to you, buddy. I'm glad you came around. It's never too late. Woody's right. Time to end the charade. And he's like, we showed you that over in New York City, Still, at the School of Visual Arts at a SAG event, you can't get in unless you're taking your hate and lie shots. They won't let you in. And um, Harrelson has slammed the protocols as nonsense. Well, he's he's right. Good for good for him. Good for Tim Robbins. Shame on you, SAG. But then again, hey, a bunch of you 20 years ago just couldn't wait to clap it up for Rome Polanski. Who, we, we played some choice video of Polanski. In that uh, first hour, Metal Gear Solid 2, 20 years later, still a controversial masterpiece. How does Hideo Kojima's subversive masterpiece hold up two decades later? Well, I'll tell you what, when you watch this clip here, um, and again, uh, this, this was this clip that I pulled was uh, posted nine years ago. I know that there's been some remakes and like uh, HD versions and remasters or whatever. I don't think that, um, I think this is the original dialogue. I think written in like 1999. So let's play it. I will triumph over the Patriots and liberate us all. And we will become the sons of liberty. Raiden, are you receiving? We're still here. How's that possible? The AI was destroyed. Only GW. Who are you? To begin with, we're not what you'd call human. So what we're talking about here is basically sentient AI. Over the past 200 years, a kind of consciousness formed layer by layer in the crucible of the White House. It's not unlike the way life started in the oceans four billion years ago. The White House was our primordial soup, a base of evolution. We are formless. We are the very discipline and morality that Americans invoke so often. How can anyone hope to eliminate us? As long as this nation exists, so will we. So he basically says that they rose up out of black programs. 
artificial intelligence, obviously, in particular, which essentially is what we really have going on as Google itself is an extension, a Trojan horse civilian system, and in bed with agencies like NASA and DARPA on many levels, especially artificial intelligence. Cut the crap. If you're immortal, why would you take away individual freedoms and censor the net? <laughs> Jack, don't be silly. Don't you know that our plans have your interests, not ours in mind? What? Jack, listen carefully, like a good boy. The mapping of the human genome was completed early this century. And, you know, again, you just have to go. This whole book is talking about the mapping of the human genome, the basis for sentient AI life. This, this book, by the way, written in 1997. So game in 99, 97, these ideas were very much out there. As a result, the evolutionary log of the human race lay open to us. We started with genetic engineering, and in the end, we succeeded in digitizing life itself. Digitizing life itself, which is the uh, virtually human aspect of the uh, plan, the after the from transgender to transhuman. You're, you know, you're virtually human. The promise and peril of digital immortality. Your mind clone. I mean, again, <laughs> uh, it, it, this, uh, this clip's pretty wild. But there are things not covered by genetic information. What do you mean? Human memories, ideas, culture, culture. history. Genes don't contain any record of human history. Is it something that should not be passed on? Should that information be left at the mercy of nature? We've always kept records of our lives through words, pictures, symbols, from tablets to books. But not all the information was inherited by later generations. A small percentage of the whole was selected and processed, then passed on. Not unlike genes, really. You see that? Like they're, they're actually comparing, which is kind of ingenious, um, the idea of our history being passed on that the, the strongest notions, that's, it's almost like a, it's very transhumanist. It's a Yoval Noah Harari outlook of the best stories that made it to the hop, like are, are, are just like these genes. That's what history is, Jack. But in the current digitized world, trivial information is accumulating every second, preserved in all its triteness, never fading, always accessible. Rumors about petty issues, misinterpretation, slander. All this junk data preserved in an unfiltered state, growing at an alarming rate. We have to control the narrative. Junk data, right? It will only slow down social progress, reduce the rate of evolution. Right. You seem to think that our plan is one of censorship. Are you telling me it's not? You're being silly. What we propose to do is not to control content, but to create context. Oh, see, we're not, we just want to create the context. We want to be the authoritative source. Hmm? You see, you see what's going on here? Create context. The digital society furthers human flaws and selectively rewards development of convenient half-truths. Just look at the strange juxtapositions of morality around you. Billions spent on new weapons in order to humanely murder other humans. Rights of criminals are given more respect than the privacy of their victims. 
Although there are people suffering in poverty, huge donations are made to protect endangered species. Everyone grows up being told the same thing. Be nice to other people. But beat out the competition. You're special. Believe in yourself and you will succeed. But it's obvious from the start that only a few can succeed. You exercise your right to freedom, and this is the result. All rhetoric to avoid conflict and protect each other from hurt. The untested truths spun by different interests continue to churn and accumulate in the sandbox of political correctness and value systems. So what we need is a collectivist view, one we can all agree on. Everyone withdraws into their own small gated community, afraid of a larger forum. They stay inside their little ponds, leaking whatever truth suits them into the growing cesspool of society at large. The different cardinal truths neither clash nor mesh. No one is invalidated, but nobody is right. Not even natural selection can take place here. The world is being engulfed in truth. It's almost like they're also, in, again, this is why it's truth and lies. It's almost like that, tr that post-truth world I talk about. And this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper. We're trying to stop that from happening. See, they're saying that, oh, man, like, like just like what you're being told by the establishment is, and when I say the establishment, everybody from Bill Barr saying, oh, we used to agree upon things to even uh, Biden in that administration when he's puppeteered, talking about the same, we need to come together. But no, everybody wants us to divide us. There's two countries. They're talking about what? A national divorce. Something we don't talk about on this program because it's Johnny nonsense. You don't, divide, you don't divide communities or states by how you vote. Can you imagine, like, I couldn't date somebody because they voted differently than me? Let alone start a family with them? How would you ever be able to change your perspective? Are we talking about individuals here? You know, I heard something from Alex Jones yesterday uh, that I thought was actually really great. And I really agreed with him. And I think it was important for him to say. He said... If Robert Kennedy Jr. runs for president, he will get behind him all the way. And not just for the Democratic nomination, but for the full thing. Good. I agree with him. I think Robert Kennedy Jr. is a, a man of integrity. Is he an imperfect human being? Yes. Does his wife seem to fall on the uh, opposite end of the spectrum, especially uh, via that Hollywood culture we were talking about? Yes. But still, I, I mean, I think that he's got more integrity, whether everybody here wants to hear it or not, than Trump. All right? I, I mean, will he be your champion? Will he eliminate the deep state? How does that happen? Do we finally get the Kennedy files, Trump? It's our responsibility as rulers. Just as in genetics, unnecessary information and memory must be filtered out to stimulate the evolution of the species. So again, this is social Darwinism 101. We Again, they look at themselves as the apex predators. They are the ones that should rule because they do. And they need to take hold of the evolution of the species, directed evolution, another thing we talk about. And you think you're qualified to decide what's necessary and not? Absolutely. 
Who else could wade through the sea of garbage you people produce, retrieve valuable truths, and even interpret their meaning for later generations? The AI will decide what's true. And we sure seen where that AI goes in 2020, huh? A chat GPT, A Ameca robot, play to hear. Good stuff, good stuff. That's what it means to create context. I'll decide for myself what to believe and what to pass on. But is that even your own idea? Or something Snake told you? Oh, that's the proof of your incompetence right there. You lack the qualifications to exercise free will. That's not true. I have the right. Does something like a self exist inside of you? That which you call self serves as nothing more than a mask to cover your own being. In this era of ready-made truths, self is just something used to preserve those positive emotions that you occasionally feel. I mean, think about this mantra. It is of one that you are what? Part of the multiverse or go to the metaverse. You're basically zeros and ones, right? Now you're kissing a phone app. You're, you're, listen, you're insignificant. There is no God. You don't have a soul. You don't have a self. You don't have your own thoughts. You're part of a collective anyway. Submit. Bend the knee. Become part of the Borg, the glorious Borg. Another possibility is that self is a concept you conveniently borrowed under the logic that would endow you with some sense of strength. That's crap. Is it? Would you prefer that someone else tell you? All right, then. Explain it to him. Jack, you're simply the best. And you got there all by yourself. Oh, what happened? Do you feel lost? Why not try a bit of soul searching? Don't think you'll find anything, though. Ironic that although self is something that you yourself fashion, every time something goes wrong, you turn around and place the blame on something else. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. In denial, you simply resort to looking for another, more convenient truth in order to make yourself feel better. You see the exploitive nature of this entire thing? And it is very, very social Darwin logic. Go back to Harari again. Not only, you know, which stories dominate, but what? The fact that you are a hackable animal. That you don't have a soul. That nobody knows what's going on inside me. No, you're being manipulated by the AI. Leaving behind in an instant the so-called truth you once embraced. Should someone like that be able to decide what is truth? Should someone like you even have the right to decide? You've done nothing but abuse your freedom. You don't deserve to be free. We're not the ones smothering the world. You are. The individual is supposed to be weak, but far from powerless. A single person has the potential to ruin the world. See that? See how they, they invert reality? It's you see the the people and their freedom and their individuality have the potential to ruin the world, though they have the potential to save it. By embracing the rugged individualist ideal set. One of self, uh, not only self-preservation, but self-responsibility, right? And then trying to endow that on those around you, you can actually change the world for the better. 
create a better world, not ruin it. But they want you to say, no, no, no. We all have to be in lockstep. We have to all obey. We have to all have the same ideas. We all have to agree. And the age of digitized communication has given even more power to the individual. Too much power for an immature species. Building a legacy involves figuring out what is wanted and what needs to be done for that goal. All this you used to struggle with. Now we think for you. We are your guardians after all. You want to control human thought, human behavior? Of course. Anything can be quantified nowadays. I mean, again, when we talk about the control of human thought and human behavior, social engineers exist. Guys like Dennis Bushnell openly talk about social engineering and changing the social milieu and environment of humanity, even talks about pushing them towards a universal basic income on the, on the road to an automated future, and one in which you end up with human beings that become machines, machines that become humans, they become us, we become them, or human-contaminated machines. Those are the exact words that Bushnell uses. And he is, in fact, one of these social engineers at the highest levels. That's what this exercise was designed to prove. You fell in love with me just as you were meant to after all. Isn't that right, Jack? Ocelot was not told the whole truth, to say the least. We rule an entire nation. Of what interest would a single soldier, no matter how able, be to us? The S3 plan does not stand for solid snake simulation. What it does stand for is selection for societal sanity. So there you go. Selection. The S3 is a system for controlling human will and consciousness. So they're talking about this as a way to control the will of human consciousness. This is the, the ending to the game, by the way. It's a real bummer. S3 is not you, a soldier trained in the image of Solid Snake. It is a method, a protocol that created a circumstance that made you what you are. So you see, we're the S3, not you. There you go. It's the end of the game, I believe. I don't think there's anything else after that. I'm pretty sure. I mean, uh, I guess they, there is a little bit more in there, but we're not even we're not even going to get into it. We're going to continue on, and I think I'm going to touch a little bit on the Project Veritas thing. That's not something I've talked about. Have you noticed I've laid off of that as well? The uh, other than saying, um, you know, wait for more to come out. And now there's videos of people inside accusing O'Keefe of this and that. I'm still being reserved. I'm going to hold back. And like I said, I, I would rather put the challenge to a Project Veritas to continue to, to do good work and put out stuff that cannot be ignored even without James O'Keefe. And perhaps even delve into your archives and revisit some of those sting videos and now look at look at it through a different editorial lens in other words put more out that's a, listen i don't expect 
uh, Veritas to put out all of the raw video of stakeout videos where you're sitting there and you're gaining the trust of one of those people that you're about to expose. I don't expect that. I think that's a little over the top, but I happen to know for a fact that there were multiple employees there that were displeased that certain things uh, were never either uh, shared or gone after further and that they sat on a lot of information and a lot of footage that um, I, I think could have been big headlines from what I understand. So I, I think that's an interesting thing. That's ramping up. Obviously, CPAC's over. And I, I sat there and I watched a lot of left-wing media this week. And I don't want to say a lot because I watched a lot of fights. The fights were great, by the way. UFC was pretty stellar. The Alexa Grasso upset big time. Again, we're ranting. It's reality rants. Uh, but but good card. And even the BKFC boxing during the day over in London always holds up. But what I noticed in the left-wing media this weekend was those criticizing Biden for this latest move that they were acting was like Trump-like with uh, immigration. And then the other one was admitting that Ukraine was pretty being devastated by Russia militarily. And I think that narrative is not, I don't, I don't think that narrative is false, by the way. I think that right now what's going on over there, um, I think they're talking about what Mariupol I, I, and Lord knows that I get these names wrong. Um, they may have been comparing it to that, but they were talking about a city that was now just being engulfed by troops. And I think they're ramping that up because not only do they want continuation, but they want to normalize more fighter jets, uh, more missile systems, and eventually try to legitimize the idea of U.S. soldiers being utilized there. No, thank you. And you got to wonder if you have a government that will continually lie to you um, not only about foreign affairs and domestic affairs, um, one that seems to be overtly incompetent. And, and by the way, you know, another clip that we're not going to play is the FAA, FAA guy. Just can't get anything right. Just someone who's totally incompetent, should, should not have been nominated for the head of the FAA. But I keep telling everybody, they want to automate you out. They want to automate you out. In order to do that, they want to make people, human beings, seem as incompetent as possible. So we're talking about multi-levels of biological, psychological, and yes, even spiritual warfare against our species, okay? Against our species, yes, against American citizens and um, you know, well-educated Westerners in particular. First worlders, people that have enjoyed it. Doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Doesn't matter your gender. They want to dumb you down. They want to make you sick. They don't want you to feel empowered. They don't want you to feel special. Okay, to connect to that human spirit. That is great. That is powerful. That is not just some kind of like sheeple-like automaton being pulled around. You can awaken. You can become an individual. None of us are going to be perfect. 
all of us are going to be susceptible on some level to some of their propaganda. It's the way the world works. We're not all going to have the infinite truth, truths at our fingertips. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to stumble. That's why we need dissent. That's why we need open conversations. That's why we can't play team baseball. We can't be Johnny Red and Tommy Blue. Okay? You just can't do it. You got to take things at a case-by-case -case basis on an individual basis. Okay? Oh, so in the last couple minutes, wrapping it up, uh, I am looking to get some guests on this week. I'm trying to get Stuart Hooper, uh, Stuart J. Hooper on the broadcast uh, to talk about what's going on right now. Ukraine, Russia. I watched the Putin address. I'm watching more and more of that. Lavrov, I, I believe, is the other guy. I'm watching more and more of their conversations that are, are much more honest, unfortunately. And then, oh, you're a Putin sympathizer. No, I just want this to stop. I want it to stop. I want us to act like that's another thing that, you know, uh, Russell Brand did brilliantly on, on the Bill Maher show is that he said, you know, we can't look at these things like adults, like there isn't some reason that Russia did what they did. No, evil dictator. Evil dictator. That makes sense. That's realistic. Oh. So once again, I want to remind everybody, uh, I hope you're checking out the new broadcast that we just brought on. Uh, when I say we, Red Voice Media Network has just brought on, I think it's the Juice Bros, uh, are, are the next talents to be scouted. The roster is growing. Okay. Uh, again, I, I told you in the beginning of the broadcast, I'm improving my studio. I'm not, I don't even think we're, this is a great camera. I mean, it's pretty damn good. We'll see what it looks like upstairs, but honestly, I might just break out one of the cannons. I got an M50. I got an M200. I've even got a Sony A6. Not only does 1080p, but it still looks sharp. Maybe that's what we want. We, we like I said, we don't need any 4K Burmas. Got a lens on it. We'll we'll zoom in. RVM. Maybe working on a studio themselves. I mean, this is it. So everybody that did come over to Premium, thank you so much. If you're listening live over on the Info Warrior. Uh, Podbean channel, consider it. Consider coming on over. 100 bucks for the year if you sign up for a year. Knocks 20 bucks off. Redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. Redvoicemedia.com slash Uncensored. And one more time, we're on a multitude of platforms. Odyssey, BitChute, Band.Video. Share all the links. And remember to watch all the documentary films. Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order to Find, and Shade the Motion Picture. I absolutely love you guys. It is not about left or right. It is always about right and wrong. And we must now come together as the great resistance to this very real UN Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, enslavement, Great Reset Agenda. See you on the flip.